the way. Whatever happened to the World War I flying ace? Oh, he's probably getting ready to take off in his Sopwith Camel on the next Dawn Patrol. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the Lancaster Stormers, formerly the Lancaster Barnstormers, who play in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Later on in this episode, I'll be speaking with Sky Dillon, who designed the just-released logo. And I'll be speaking with Baseball Palooza regular and Lancaster native Dave Hurdy. And of course, Dan Simon will be back with one of his Studio Simon Stumpers. Right now, I am so pleased to be joined by Lauren Zuckerman, who is the Director of Marketing for the Lancaster Stormers, not the Barnstormers anymore, the Lancaster Stormers. For the second week in a row, this recording is happening before the launch of this brand. So we don't know what the what the public reception is going to be, but this is a major change for the Lancaster Barnstormers, changing their name, changing their, their branding. Lauren, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, tomorrow is the big day that we're announcing everything. So excited to see how it goes. At the time of this recording, we are uh, about 24, about 25 hours away from the the unveiling. Obviously, you know, the the visual brand is changing. But uh, in addition to that, the, the name is being shortened from Lancaster Barnstormers to Lancaster Stormers. What was the thinking in in that name change? Um. So Stormers has kind of been the nickname that people have been using to shorten barnstormers pretty much the whole time that the team has been around we thought about you know redoing the logo and while redoing the logo part of what we were doing was removing the barn so changing the name and removing the barn kind of made sense to do it with the logo but we wanted to make sure that we weren't completely changing the name or losing the identity of the team so this was a great way to kind of modernize it without completely changing it I'll be speaking with Sky Dillon, who created the branding uh, later on in this episode. But uh, you know, looking at these these new marks, it's clear that the team made a decision to 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 be much more sort of forceful, much more sort of aggressive with the with the branding, rather than this very sort of peaceful scene with the barn and 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 whatnot. So, what was what was the team's thinking in in choosing this much more this much stronger visual presence? So the team, it's our 20 year anniversary this year. So when you look at like the landscape of all the other teams in the Atlantic League and you look at their logos, uh, the Long Island Ducks and us are the oldest and you can really tell. So we kind of always had, you know, the idea in the back of our mind that the barn, while it has to do with Lancaster and the agriculture and everything, it's not the fiercest, most menacing type of mark. It's, as our GM says, it is a kind of a bunch of dead wood. So <laughs> we really wanted to to change it. And we went through a lot of different iterations um, and ideas. Originally, sticking with the barn and the agricultural theme, we were looking at different barn animals, different farmers, things like that. So keeping the idea of the barn was really important, but not necessarily the actual barn itself. And the team has won 
four championships to back to back. So we are a very strong team and we really wanted something that represents that something that was, you know, other teams should be should be scared of. <laughs> well, you know, that's an interesting point about this, Mark, is because, you know, and obviously in the minor league baseball landscape, there's a lot of sort of cutesy, cartoony, character based marks out there. This is not one of them, right? This bull crashing through the the wood of the barn. The bull is not a cartoon character. It is a, a more literal approach to to an aggressive, angry bull. Overall, for the team, what was the thinking in in terms of a an identity that was not part of the wacky, character based, cartoony, kid friendly marks, and was more sort of uh, you know traditional sports aggressive bull character? So our mascot is Silo, which is a He's a bovine-like creature, but he's a, a cuter version of that. So part of the idea was kind of what can we do that that has to do with Silo and relates to him. We want to build off of that and kind of show the more menacing side as well. So I grew up about an hour from where you all are in, in Lancaster. It's a place that I'm familiar with just because, you know, I was uh, from there. And then, you know, we used to, my parents would take take us on the weekend there to, uh, you know, see Amis country and, and that sort of thing. And so these these storms that roll through there are real, right? Like these, the, you know, one of the marks that uh, Sky created here has a, a barn with like lightning behind it. And, you know, it's a very sort of imposing look of, uh, uh, you know, of this barn in the middle of a storm and it's a storm at night, which I think is important too. Cause like, that's even scarier. It's a nighttime scene with, with lightning and whatnot. It really is an about face from, you know, my perception of this place is it is a very peaceful place. It's the rolling Hills and it's the farms and it's the, the Amish markets and, and that sort of thing. So this, this uh, very strong identity for a team to, to me, it shows a different side of Lancaster, Pennsylvania than I think most people would associate with that. What was what was the team's thinking in in that, like showing this like sort of scary, stormy side instead of the more like the peaceful side? Yeah, well, I mean, most people uh, think all of Lancaster is just kind of farmlands and Amish, but we went through a few different iterations of the storm and you know, once we decided that we were dropping the barn and it was going to be stormers, we played around with different like tornado looking characters um, and different versions of storms. But we don't really get like tornadoes here. So we really wanted to keep keep a version of the storm, but also make it relevant to where we are. So I think, you know, keeping the barn and keeping the storm, we use the lightning bolt a lot. Um, you know, we say a storm is coming, things like that. And while we have the peaceful, you know, land here, which you can see when you're driving through, we still do get a bunch of different storms and, you know, the barns do break and things like that. So it was a great way to, to kind of show, show that we have the farmland, but also show that, you know, there's other things that happen and tie in the name to, to the land also. Yeah, yeah, there were uh, just being from there and knowing what those those summer thunderstorms can feel like. You know that 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 logo that that Sky created with the the barn and the lightning behind it is is really evocative. One of the things that I noticed obviously is that there are certain ties to the previous set of marks. 
that mm-hmm. uh, that carried over. The most prominent one, as I'm looking through the 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 marks that Sky sent over, is the the script L with the baseball in it. Uh, that is, you know, serves as the cap logo. That's been part of the the suite for a long time. The color palette is the same. So there's obviously some very new, different, updated marks. And, and the name has changed. Why did the team decide to include some of the old marks in the current brand rather than doing just a complete refresh? So we we really liked the L and that is, a, we felt like that was a stronger identity of the brand than the barn. You know, when people, when we use the logo, a lot of the, the shirts and the hats and things have the L and people really identify the L with the with the team so we didn't feel like that was something that needed to be changed we wanted to keep that but it was really like the barn we felt like that looked more outdated so we wanted to change it and we wanted to update it but we didn't want to completely you know change the identity we have a lot of loyal fans that have been here for 20 years and the team is a big part of the community it didn't feel like we needed a complete rebrand we really wanted more of a refresh also you know having everybody's merch and shirts and everything that they like to wear. We wanted to keep all of that still relevant too. We don't want to, we don't want to make a huge change. We don't want to change the name, change the logo. We're getting new turf this oh. year. Um, it's be a lot of changes. We wanted to keep some things. Do we know yet which logo is going to be on the, uh, on the ice cream helmets? No, we don't know that yet, <laughs> but we do have new sweatshirts and hats and shirts and everything with the new, new logo coming out. So for people around the country who ask about your team, who comment on your team, without hearing us pronounce Lancaster the way we pronounce Lancaster, do you have to correct people who pronounce it Lancaster? Yes, all the time. Even when we have, you know, interns here from, like they might go to college around here, but they're from New York or New Jersey. They never can pronounce it correctly. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Lancaster, mm-hmm. not Lancaster. Yes. <laughs> So, like I said, this interview is happening a day before the the unveil. I'll be using quotes from this interview in my sportslogos.net article that's going up as you guys are making the unveiling tomorrow. So we don't know what the public reaction is yet, but I'll just ask you in terms of the the marks, are there any details about the the new logos that really stand out to you? Anything that uh, that you're really excited for the world to see? Yeah, we have the uh, the lightning bolt in in the top of the bowl. So when you're looking right at it, some people notice it and some people don't, which I think is really interesting. Um, but there's a red lightning bolt that goes right across the top. And that was that was important to us to have that tie into the Stormers. So we have a version that's just the bowl head and the version that says Stormers on top. Even if you're just seeing the bowl without the word Stormers, you can still associate it with the Lancaster Barnstormers, now Stormers especially because we we did look at a bunch of different bull logos that other teams have um you know Chicago mm-hmm. bulls and we wanted to make sure that it stood out from that they both are red and black but they're very different looking so having having something unique like that was important to us yeah the lightning bolt that goes down the the, the middle between the bull's eyes there as he's staring at you, I think is a really fun detail. So Lauren, thank you so much. Where can people find the Stormers? We can call them the Stormers now officially. Where can people find the Stormers online and uh, find some of this great new merch? 
Um, it's LancasterStormers.com. You can find all the new merch, all the information for games and tickets and all of our social links as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lauren. I appreciate you facilitating access to the marks before they go live. It helps me write about these for sportslogos.net. And it's fun. Makes me feel like an insider uh, uh, talking to the teams before these, these logos get unveiled to the world. Yeah, we're, we're excited to finally share it with everyone. We've been kind of teasing it and some people seem to have an idea, but aren't totally sure. So we're excited to see, see how everybody reacts tomorrow. That is, uh, it's a lot of fun. I can't wait to see the reception to it tomorrow and can't wait to get to a game and see which of these logos ended up on the Helmet Sundays. Yeah, yeah, let <laughs> us know when you're in town. All right, thank you, Lauren. Thank you. All right, everyone, welcome back. I am so pleased to welcome back to the podcast, friend of the podcast from Sky Design, Sky Dylan. How are you doing? Doing great, Paul. It's always great to chat. This is uh, this is really fun to see the the Lancaster Barnstormers rebranding as the Lancaster Stormers. This is about an hour from where I grew up, so I'm very well familiar with uh, with this part of the country, with this with this area, and so uh, you know I really like talking about this brand in particular. But I want to get into some of the you know the work that went into creating this brand, some of you know the, your thought process. But let's let's start right from the right from the outset here. Let's just start with where you all landed this uh, very bull centric Stormers brand, not the Barnstormers anymore, but Stormers. What was the thinking that went into uh, into this identity? The final the final version where you landed on this bull centric version of this brand. Yeah. So we uh, always start with the big idea. You know, what's the what's our why and and for anyone familiar with with the Atlantic League, the Lancaster Barnstormers are one of the um, more iconic teams in the league. They've had a, a pretty long history there since 2005. So their brand had been pretty well established and had really not made any changes to any of the marks over the years. And um, about, I want to say roughly 10 years ago, 2015 or so, it was their year to host the All-Star Game. And so they reached out. And as part of our assignment to work on the all-star branding for that upcoming season in 2016, the owners were also interested in potentially looking at maybe refreshing the marks, updating the brand. And so we did an initial initial foray into what, what some potential could exist there. And so we did a deep dive into Lancaster, into the brand, into thinking about what some storylines could be that that really could help activate the brand in a more modern way without letting go of that rich heritage that they had. And so that was really the impetus of this entire project. So it was summer of 2015. We came to Lancaster, did some research and, and came up with a lot of big ideas, one of which we called Storming Forward. And it really paid tribute to this idea of Lancaster having this really rich agricultural history and, and backdrop for those unfamiliar with the area. It's, it's basically known as Amish country in a lot of ways. So rolling hills, fields, farms, just beautiful countryside, all now nestled within this very modern uh, city of Lancaster, which has been revitalized in the last few decades or whatnot. So they have a lot of modern offerings to complement these, these very traditional agricultural roots, if you will. And so a lot of potential existed there to, to bring some of that new energy to the brand. And uh, that year wasn't the right year. We still did the All-Star Game logo, but kind of pressed pause on, on 
perhaps injecting some new life into the brand itself. But fast forward to uh, this past season, 2023, and at that point, ownership felt like it was the right time to finally, you know, pull the trigger on on that particular idea. And so the overall concept we had was called storming forward. And it was just this idea of how could we activate and bring some new fresh life and energy to the brand and kind of build on the legacy that was already there. And this idea of shortening the name to just stormers gives you that kind of uh, just activation potential, if you will, and then trying to find some kind of a, of a character that could really, again, serve as the face of the brand to that point. All that they had used was this very iconic script L and kind of that front facade of a barn with a with a flying baseball. So certainly a great mark had served its purpose over the course of the history of the club. But now it was time to introduce a character that could really be activated in a lot of fun ways. So um, kind of, again, if we just look at the end of the process, we landed on the bull for a lot of great reasons, but but it was certainly not our first choice initially. And it took the entire process to really um, you know, discover as a team that that was the right solution. Well, this process that you're talking about, I think is really fun. And I want to talk about some of the other options that you discussed in some of the uh, design documents, some of the process documents that you provided to me, the first page has uh, a, an interesting study. I was surprised to see the Eugene Emeralds pop up. You, you drew a line, uh, an arrow from their original Emeralds brand, which has this peaceful scene of a river flowing through, you know, this this Oregon landscape, and then an arrow to the Brandios Sasquatch logo that uh, that now serves for the team's brand, and then underneath that you have the Lancaster. The Lancaster. We got to be careful about how we pronounce this too. Did they school That's you right. on that? The, the 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 pronunciation of Lancaster. It is not Lancaster. It is Lancaster when you're in Pennsylvania. So the 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 Lancaster Barnstormers uh, original logo, like you described, very peaceful front face of a barn, and then an arrow pointing to an 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 open empty canvas, a blank canvas of of possibilities. So that's the sort of transition that you were envisioning. I think is something uh, you know from peaceful and serene to something along the lines of you know what the the Emeralds did with uh, with their Sasquatch logo. Let's talk about some of these other possibilities because there were some uh, there are some fun ones and and then we'll talk about why the what the the bull itself won out. There are several different versions with a rooster that is flying, but then also a version, a metallic version of this rooster where it's part of a weather vane, which you know very much evokes that sense of of the barn. And then some with horses, somewhere it's crashing through the barn, somewhere it's you know running away or into or or with a storm. And then like a combine thresher, is that right? Like a thresher, a combine? Exactly. Okay. And then uh, it, within the combine thresher, the the mechanics of it, there are baseball bats rather than blades. Uh, and then, of course, different versions of this bull that we landed on. So, I mean, honestly, like six different distinct logos, directions this could have gone. What were the conversations around, you know, going from rooster to combine thresher uh, with, uh, you know, and then landing on bull? Yeah, so... Again, as you, as you referenced, that, that inspiration from the Emeralds was great. We actually showed the team three different uh, degrees of uh, brand evolution that they could pursue. So a very conservative direction was simply just adding adding a character similar to the Detroit Tigers when they added that 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 tiger to their their iconic D back in the day. 
a version that was, you know, essentially just updating the brand as is and not introducing a character. And then the third was that idea of what the Emeralds did was take something that's more of a, uh, a landscape, which is very similar in nature to the existing Barnstormers brand, but injecting a whole new face into it with, with a character and really flipping the brand on its head, if you will. So a whole new look and feel. So um, part of that with the strategy of storming forward being our, our, our hook was this idea of, of really just thinking about the brand in terms of it's no longer this serene barn farm setting, if you will. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a baseball team. This is, these are, these are professional athletes. This is about generating excitement and, and, and in a lot of ways feeling, um, you know, creating something strong and dynamic that, that brings excitement. And so this idea of just kind of merging this very traditional farm setting with a storm and, and, and letting that become kind of this amalgamation of a variety of ideas. So it was really for that first round, you just listed a, a number of different farm animals and, and, and symbols. That was really the idea. It was like, let's just take a farm scene, take anybody who's on the premises of that farm at the time. And imagine them being swept up in some kind of a storm or creating some kind of a storm with baseball imagery, barn imagery. And so that's where you see, you know, the natural starting point was this rooster flying off of the weather vane as if the, you know, the kind of the thought process here creatively was what if this storm, the lightning struck that metal rooster that was at the top of the barn on the weather vane and brought it to life. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sure what the proper comic book reference is for characters <laughs> there, but I feel like somebody was brought to life with a lightning bolt at some point or whatever. And so that really was for a lot of those initial sketches, that was really where our head was at was this weather vane rooster come to life now kind of surging through a, a you know, surging through a barn with, with wooden planks breaking around it uh, as the face of this new stormers, stormers brand but we didn't stop there as you saw we we tried we tried basically everything under the sun we did um horses we tried cows you know they have a big dairy presence there uh in lancaster so we tried tried dairy cows we looked at machinery so the the combine was very polarizing throughout the process amongst the team and the staff but definitely provided you know some fun options there uh really kind of bringing that machinery to life trying to think what else we tried. We, I mean, we, we looked at rams, we looked at sheep, you know, this idea of thinking about animals that convey this sense of bold uh, power, if you will. And so I actually, I grew up on a farm in central Maine and we had, we had sheep growing up and, you know, you don't want to mess around with the ram. <laughs> <laughs> if you looked the wrong way at the wrong time, you were going to get it. And so yeah. you know, you know, plenty of great authentic inspiration to draw from personally, thinking about these animals that, that could represent a storm. And so we looked at rams bursting through barn planks and um, the bull was in there. It's funny. We really just had a couple of sketches initially with the bull, but um, we really thought it was going to be the rooster just by that, you know, that kind of the logic that stemmed from the fact that a barn's, you know, roof is traditionally seen with a weather vane. They'd used an alternate mark with a rooster in the past. And so it just kind of seemed like the natural, the natural starting point, but that's the beauty of the creative process is, you never know what to expect around each turn and and uh, the beauty of collaboration when you have a lot of really smart people in the room um, unpacking an idea and a, and a concept. I'm really interested in the decision to 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 take that Emeralds-esque step of serene landscape to, you know, in their case, a mythological monster. In this case, a serene barn scene to 
aggressive animal, that decision of a place that you know is is Amish country, right? It's associated with anti-violence <laughs> in a way, right? <laughs> like so, the, this decision that the team uh, would come to you with of we're going to have a more aggressive, uh, a, a, a different feeling identity. How that relates to the actual place of Lancaster, Pennsylvania is interesting to me. Was that part of the conversation? It definitely was. One of our, you know, again, instinctively when we started the process, you know, the the close to the vest option, if you will, was really just kind of doing this very whimsical character that felt right at home in Amish country and in kind of that that natural setting of Lancaster that that it's really known for. And but our job is always to show a range of ideas and to stretch the client and and see them uh, show them possibilities that they didn't even realize existed. And then from that, we can always rein it in, but that at least by stretching them with with ideas that kind of run the gamut, if you will, now we're able to really identify what that right path is. And it's not that they didn't like any of the other ideas, mm -hmm. but once they saw this more aggressive option, it's like, ooh, there's some, there's something there. And I think there's you know, I don't, again, 2005, I believe was the first year of the team. So it's been roughly, you know, just about 20 years now of that mm -hmm. very, you know, that, that particular identity that they've used. So it's almost like there was an appetite to just create something fresh that felt, you know, felt like it was going to make a splash in a way. And, and again, they're there to compete. They're there to win. It's a baseball team. So I think just instinctively from an athletic perspective, there's a desire to uh, kind of push the envelope a little bit to that more, more um aggressive place if you will mm -hmm. but um so i think that that kind of again the, the the beauty of the process showing a variety of ideas at the beginning and again trusting the instinct of the club no one knows the brand better than the club itself and again that's where our job is really to facilitate the process show some great ideas and some options but ultimately it's their instinct that wins out and uh and and that was their call and i think it was a great one you know, the last time you were on, we were talking about the Hagerstown flying boxcars, and there were actual baseballs sort of peppered throughout that that brand. And you know, that was that was fun to talk about. This brand, uh, you know, you, the the Lancaster L script L carries over, and there's a baseball in that. But other than that, there the presence of of baseballs is pretty limited in this brand. So it makes the brand much more about the the place than it does about the sport or necessarily the team. Was that an intentional part of this uh, of this process? Not really. It's just kind of where we netted out. Again, if we look at our first round of sketches, we had, you know, baseballs flying through these storm clouds. We had baseballs being impaled by pitchforks and <laughs> baseball bat handled pitchforks going being struck by lightning. Uh, being planted into hay bales, things like that. Uh, like you mentioned, baseball bats as the blades and the combine. So we looked at, you know, baseball imagery, it just mm -hmm. as the process unfolded, this is where we netted out. As you mentioned, that script L is really the most iconic part of the brand. So it made sense to hold on to that as a kind of a legacy piece that could be a bridge to this new era. So that remains unchanged. The colors remain unchanged again, as a, as a connection to the equity that was established for those nearly 20 years already. The one piece of baseball imagery that is there is in that roundel that you mentioned with that very uh, domineering view of looking up at the barn facade, lightning striking, the weather vane, storm clouds rolling in the background, all set within that dynamic view of the batter's box and home plate. So baseball imagery and a little bit of an unorthodox 
way that again, it's it's a little bit unexpected, but that's what it makes it fun. The last question I'll ask you about here, Sky, is the the name itself. Obviously, you know, you incorporated literal storms into the the brand, and the nickname Stormers is a shortened version of Barnstormers, which is a completely different use of the word uh, storm, obviously. And so there's a there's a double entendre going on here because you've still incorporated barn imagery and, like you said, the process involved barn animals, farm animals. So there's there's this balance of a literal storm and and still using the the barn imagery itself to sort of tie to you know where that name came from. Was that? And I know every time I ask you this question, you say we're open to a challenge. But uh, what was that a challenge for you to to walk the line between a literal storm and then the you know the barnstorming imagery? It was a challenge in the sense of just knowing what had been the brand for so long, very endearing amongst the community. You know that particular view of the barn, or, or and and really the the persona of the brand had been established. So that I think was the most um, interesting piece to to uh, unpack during the process was again, kind of stretching ownership to see like, there's a lot of potential here. If we can take that same theme of a, of a, of a farm setting, but just push it to a place that, that feels more bold and aggressive. And so that's where, again, looking at ways that we could not only introduce a character that represented this very strong and, and aggressive presence, the bull again, where we landed now, looking back, it's like, why didn't we think of that right off the bat? You know, the bull in a china shop, this idea of being <laughs> bold and aggressive. If you're storming, you know, on a, in a on a farm setting, a bull busting through a um, wooden planks is the is the more logical uh, logical character. Now, looking back, more so than a rooster would be, perhaps just knowing that the attitude that they eventually wanted to convey. Um, but to your point, I think it was all about taking that farm imagery, but thinking about, you know injecting it with that energy so that's where the idea of bursting barn planks or that very uh um that more dynamic uh looming view of of the barn facade with the storm clouds in the background it was just an opportunity opportunity to stretch ourselves even the typography initially our inspiration was pennsylvania dutch typography that calligraphy style that's very iconic to the region and as you can see where we landed it's almost like it's almost as if that was injected with that same, you know, kind of aggressive attitude and, and style that that the rest of the brand embodies now. So it's kind of this merger between, you know, there's hints of Pennsylvania Dutch calligraphy with kind of a bold, aggressive, angular athletic block font that all kind of comes together in a really strong way. So I guess all that to say is, is as the process unfolds, it's, it's, it's all about kind of just following your instinct along the way and, and letting the, letting the instinct of the club really help guide, guide that process. And we really kind of had this, this, this moment about a month or two in, we've been exploring a lot of different characters. We thought it was going to be the rooster. We even looked at farmers, you know, actual, actual characters that were um, humans, you know, as, as like angry farmers that were, that were, that were storming around and and kind of pressed pause for a little bit and the team came back and, and said what about a bull like mm. they picked out one sketch from that first round we just had one sketch in there and they just said there's something about that that feels like it's the answer but we just we've been so hot on this rooster that we haven't had a chance to really flesh it out yet and as soon as we brought it into digital color it was like boom lightning bolt across the the forehead the that look in its eyes it's like that's that's us that's our brand so 
Uh, that's the magic of the process, really. You know, I, I lied to you because I actually was going to ask you about the type. And so I'm glad you you got there on your own. But uh, I, I I wanted to ask you about that type because I really like it. And I really like in particular the the one mark that is it's it's essentially a word mark, but there is some imagery in it, uh, in, which includes the the barn. While it's not stormy and there's nothing uh, about it that you know it's it's a front facing image of this barn. The fact that the barn doors are open creates this uh, this like potential kinetic energy in a way, right? Like it, right. this like what's coming out of that barn with those barn doors uh, open like that. That's a really important detail of that mark, I think. The fact that those those doors are are open ab above the word stormers. There, what was the thinking that went into that mark in particular? And the so far as I can tell, that's the only place that barn appears like that with the doors open. Again, just thinking about it in terms of an evolution, thinking in terms of our our overall goal was to activate, give it activation potential. And so just introducing any kind of energy or or motion where we could, again, thinking in terms of stormers being being the moniker, this idea of a of a storm rushing through the barn, you know, that idea of blowing the doors open, it just kind of all falls in line with that same train of thought. So obviously, anytime you're creating an identity, you want it to feel cohesive throughout the system. So it just wouldn't have felt right if those barn doors were closed and and very proper when the rest of the rest of the marks in the brand are 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 certainly um, um have more energy and 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 that 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 idea of of the the storm cloud rushing through. This is uh, this is really fun for me and uh, and and in particular for to talk about a brand that is Literally, as we're talking about it, I'm seeing many of these for the first time. And so that is a that's an interesting exploration of this for me. And I really appreciate you, first of all, you know, facilitating the sharing of these. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, we're talking about this now before they are unveiled. And so obviously, everyone who is listening to this will be listening after the unveil has happened. So I look forward to seeing what that response is. But it's a terrific new look for a, a, a team that is from an area that I know. And so it's really fun for me to talk about this. So, so Sky, thank you for, for a facilitating this conversation and B the, the work you, the awesome work that you did on this brand. This is really fun to talk about. Of course, Paul. Yeah. Really excited for the launch and really excited for the club. It's, it's like I said, almost 10 years in the making now. So full circle in, in a lot of ways. That is a quite the the origin story. By the way, speaking of origin stories, I think it was Frankenstein or Frankenstein's monster who uh, <laughs> was brought to life by a by a lightning strike. So that we'll we'll call that the Frankenstein rooster. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm sure there are other superheroes out there who uh, involve lightning in some way. So, Sky, this has been fun. Thank you so much. We will talk to you again. In the meantime, where can people find you, and what is your website at least for right now? So the URL is sdsbranding.com. And we're also on Twitter at Sky underscore Dylan. Thank you, Sky. Really appreciate it. You got it, Paul. Thanks. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I am so pleased to welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast for the second time. Baseball Palooza attendee and Lancaster native Dave Hurdy. Dave, how you doing? Hey, Paul, how's it going? It is going so, so well. We're here on the Baseball by Design podcast. Last time you and I talked, it was in one of the ballparks on Baseball Palooza 2023. So here we are on Zoom, which is less fun, but still fun to be talking about your native Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Now, 
I should start off by saying that we are going to be in the greater Philadelphia area for Baseball Palooza 2024. We are going to be skirting around Lancaster. We're not going to be going to Lancaster because uh, one of the prerequisites for Baseball Palooza is that we go to affiliated teams. I have nothing against the independent teams, the collegiate summer level teams, but that standard was established long ago that we go to the affiliated minor league teams rather than to the independent or the collegiate summer level teams. However, you tried, you floated. Let's go see my native Lancaster, then Barnstormers. And, and, you know, you got shot down in favor of some of the affiliated teams in the area. I did get shot down. What would we have experienced in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? The guys rolling up in our white van to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What would we have experienced? Uh, So Lancaster is, home to one of the largest and oldest Amish sects in the entire country. So very likelihood of seeing Amish horses and buggies. Um, I think there's 20 or 30,000 Amish still living in the greater Lancaster area. Occasionally you will see them riding on the roads. And uh, that's uh, definitely one of the things that Lancaster is known for. Being there with Baseball Palooza, you know, we're always looking for casinos. We look for miniature golf. We look for brew pubs. This is an area where you grew up outside the context of the fact that there is, yeah, a, a large Amish sect there. Are there establishments that you would have recommended we hit? Yeah, so Lancaster is not known for casinos. So it okay. would have been a, a a trip to Atlantic City for probably the uh, the closest casino. Yeah, probably on the way to the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, I think, maybe, rather yeah, than yeah, uh, probably. You know, a Stormers game. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, Village Greens was a really great uh, miniature golf uh, place. Went out there, middle school, high school, hanging out with friends Friday night. Uh, waterfalls, uh, rock outcroppings, relatively natural. This was not your uh, windmill and pirate ship type establishment. So I would have had you covered on miniature golf, of course, for this trip. <laughs> you would have had us covered, Dave. You would have had us covered. Us, us, yes. Growing up there or being there, did you go to minor league baseball? Have you been to a Barnstormers game? Uh, no, the Barnstormers came into town um, well after I left uh, for college. So I left college 91. Uh, Barnstormers did not come into the Lancaster area until 2005. So I have never been to a Barnstormers game, have not even seen the stadium. We may have to just like tack on an addendum to Baseball Palooza. We, we have a we have a prequel this year. We're going to do a Phillies game and Atlantic City. We also don't do... Major League games. We do affiliated minor league baseball uh, with two exceptions. We've been to a Chicago Dogs game. The Chicago Dogs are uh, independent. We went to a Chicago Cubs game. That's the only major league game that we've ever been to. Uh, and then we went to see the Kansas City Monarchs, another independent team. So we we have been to a couple of independent teams. We've been to one major league game. This year, we're going to have a little prequel. We're going to have a, uh, a Phillies and Atlantic City prequel, we may have to tack on an addendum so that you can go see the now Stormers. So Stormers is short for barnstorming. Growing up in Lancaster, did you see like the, the barnstorming air shows that they did? No, I never saw a barnstorming in Lancaster. I'm not sure it was a real um, Lancaster type thing other than like back in the 1800s and stuff like that, where the uh, baseball teams would travel around. Uh, but Lancaster is also very agricultural. Um, and so lots of barns around in the area. Uh, and for you folks that are real not familiar with uh, 
Amish and Amish customs, one of the amazing things they do is if there's a barn that needs to be built or replaced, uh, they will call all their friends over and they will actually raise a barn in pretty much the span of an entire day. So it's a real community event uh, and they bring over all the Amish folks uh, and they will build and construct a barn in an entire day. So I'm sure that that has something to do with the original Barnstormer name in addition to uh, traveling baseball teams and uh, the typical Barnstorm name. That does raise the point, though, that Barn Razors would have been an amazing name for a minor league baseball team. The Lancaster Barn Razors? Come on, that would have been great. Does not roll off the tongue real easy, but you're right. I think that would have been a good one. The Barn Razors. And then they could call them the Razors. <gasps> razors. Their logo could have been an actual razor. Dave. An actual razor. We're on to something here. The Barn Razors, they would have been Razors for short. All right. Who do we call about this? <laughs> now we got to record a whole new episode. <laughs> you missed your calling. Oh, man. Well, Dave, Lancaster native, as soon as I knew that I was going to be doing an episode on the Lancaster now Stormers, I knew that we had to get uh, Lancaster's own baseball palooza participant, Dave Hurdy, on to talk about uh, his his native town. And uh, at the time of this recording, Dave, we are under six months to baseball palooza. So the, the countdown is officially on. Yeah, we have we have reached the top of the hill. We're uh, we're more than halfway. Holy smokes, amazing! Well, Dave, thanks so much for hopping on Baseball by Design, and uh, hey, we'll see you in less than six months. All right, thanks for the invite, Paul. I enjoyed it. All right, everyone, welcome back. It is time once again for your favorite, my favorite segment on the Baseball by Design podcast. Studio Simon Stumpers with designer extraordinaire Dan Simon. Dan, good morning. How are you? Who wants to know? I, it's the, the world wants to know, Dan. Our listenership is dying to know how you are doing this morning. Is it fantastic or super fantastic? It's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. a it's it's snowing where you are and it's gray where I am with rain supposed to be starting at noon. So for it to be super fantastic, the sun needs to be shining. So uh, just this, fantastic today. This snow started in the middle of my run, by the way. I was, uh, it was well, maybe not the middle. I was at mile five of about a six and a half mile run, and the snow started coming down. And so it was, uh, it was a wintry, slippery mix out there. Well, next time, it sounds like tomorrow's run will be with snowshoes. So good luck with that. Could be. Dare I say it is storming here, Dan. There you go again with the segue, <laughs> Paul Segway computer. Nicely done. So, we, um, yeah, yeah. So we're obviously talking about the Lancaster Stormers. Who? Dan, sorry, Dan. This is Lancaster, Pennsylvania, not Lancaster, California. Lancaster. Oh my, my bad. Um, I I developed the identity for the Lancaster, California. Jethawks. Actually, yeah. I did three brand identities for them. So that's the only way I know how to pronounce Lancaster. But I guess this is like the difference between bisons and bisons, mm -hmm. Lancaster mm -hmm. and Lancaster. Okay. Lancaster. So Lancaster Stormers. Um, I stand, actually, I sit corrected. <laughs> so of course, their name was Barnstormers. Now that's a term I don't know if everyone knows this. Um, I would imagine a lot of people do. But for those who don't, bar the term barnstormers comes from around the 1920s when entertainment was not as easy to access as it is 
today with the technology that we have. And one of the things that people liked to do was see airplanes, which were still a relatively new thing in, you know, 1920, um, do stunts and things like that. And following World War One, when World War One ended, all of those biplanes that were being used to fight World War One were no longer needed. So the army or I don't think there was an actual Air Force then. It would have been like the Army Air Corps or something. They sold many of their planes at a great, at a much more reasonable price than buying a new plane would have cost. And former Air Force, I'm going to call it the Air Force just because I don't know for certain what it was called back then, former Air Force pilots and regular private citizens would buy up these planes and a number of them would would go barnstorming uh, around the country, putting on air shows where they were doing tricks and stunts and things like that. And the reason it was called barnstorming is because back then there were not a lot of paved airport runways and, and they would land in fields, oftentimes on farms uh, that had large fields and, in, and also had barns. And they would park near the barn. As a matter of fact, my office is located at an airport that used to be exactly that. This was a, a large field, a pasture with, that was used to plant things. And, um, and it had structures on it like barns. So I'm sure there was barnstorming that went on right here where I'm, where I'm sitting. Um, also in the 1920s, uh, Major League Baseball players would barnstorm going from uh, city to city in the off season and putting on exhibition baseball games. And I, and they took that term from the aviation barnstormers. So that's where the name comes upon. One of my very favorite shirts, my very favorite and most comfortable shirts is a barnstorming t-shirt from the Negro leagues baseball museum in Kansas city. And it has a picture of a bus and it says barnstorming underneath it. And so uh, I was familiar with that term. Well, A, because I didn't grow up too far from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and B, because I actually have a shirt that has the word barnstorming on it from not the baseball team in Pennsylvania, but uh, from the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. Well, it's a, it's, a great, it's a great word that's associated with baseball. As a matter of fact, when I was putting together my sports design portfolio many years ago, the I, I, I did self-initiated brand identities, and the very first one I did was for a team called the Akron Barnstormers. So the very first one I did, I used the term barnstorming. So the, you know, I mentioned that uh, major league players would go on barnstorming tours and included in those major league players were Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, who went on barnstorming tours together at least during, uh, at least during a couple of, if not more than a couple of off seasons in the 1920s. Um, and in, in following the 1927 season, which was, that's the murderer's row, New York Yankees, one of the greatest teams of all time. Um, uh, following the 1927 season, they went on a three week tour with 21 stops across the United States, began in Providence, Rhode Island and ended up in Los Angeles, California. Um, and on that tour, Ruth and Gehrig played on opposite teams but they were the only major leaguers there. So the rest of the 
two lineups were filled out by, by local players. Now, Lou Gehrig's teams were named the Larapin Lou's. Um, Larapin, to Larap in American English means to beat or thrash. Um, in English, English, um, it is to flog soundly. I, I like the English English definition yeah. uh, better. So that's why they were called the Larapin Loos. So uh, with all of that, our studio Simon Stumper today asks, what was the name of Babe Ruth's teams on this tour? Mm. Was it A, the Bustin Babes, B, the Swatton Sultans, or C, the gorgeous Georges. Bustin Babes sounds like a nightclub. The Swatton Sultans. I don't think it's the Swatton Sultans. Gorgeous Georges to me sounds like, and so again, I, this is one where I don't know the answer. So I'm just trying to sort of get a feel for these, these names here. I don't think it's, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's Bustin Babes because there's uh there's, there's too many double entendres there for that to have been appropriate in the 20s. The, the Swatton Sultans feels a little too tortured to actually, it doesn't really roll off the tongue. Gorgeous George's, I don't know, sounds, sounds like something that they, they would have done in that era. So I'm going to go Gorgeous George's. I find your reasoning there to be interesting because when I was putting together the two wrong answers to go with the one right answer. The gorgeous Georges was the one I thought you would eliminate immediately. Mm. Now, for I'm sure most of you know that Babe Ruth's birth name was not Babe, but rather his, his name is George Herman Ruth. So that's where the gorgeous Georges came from. Um, but nope, that's not the right answer. Not it, huh? Okay. Um, and I was thinking... First of all, I was thinking you you would know that you might know this one right away because I actually have seen photos of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig together from this tour for years and years and years. It's not even a new thing. This is not something I even had to research. This is I, I saw this when I was a little pictures of them on this tour when I was a little kid. So I thought maybe that's been out there in baseball publications and social media accounts. I know I've seen it on social media in like historical baseball accounts that I, I follow. So I thought, I thought you would just know it right away. But then I was thinking, if you didn't, you might go with the Swanton Sultans because he was the Sultan of Swat, another of one of his nicknames. So I yeah. thought, and you know, the Larabin Lou's Swanton Sultans seemed to go well with that. But the one that you eliminated right away was actually what they were called. They were called the Bustin Babes. Um, speaking of Babe Ruth's real name being George, there's another Hall of Famer who's we we associate with the name that he went by, which was not his first name. Tom Seaver was also a George. His mm. his given name is George Thomas Seaver, and. Let's speaking of given names, one more that I find very interesting. There was a player in the early 70s through the early 80s named Gene Tennis, not spelled like the sport, but spelled like the word 10 and the word ace, tennis. Mm. Uh, 
he was a pretty good player. He was the MVP of the 1972 World Series for the Oakland A's, where he hit 348 with four home runs and nine RBIs. He also signed one of the first big free agent contracts back in 1976. It was a six-year, $1.6 million contract with the San Diego Padres. I should note that was not $1.6 million a year. That was six years for a total of $1.6 million. Well, that's what contracts went for almost 50 uh, years ago. But Gene Tennis's given name was Fury Gene Tennis. Fury like Furious, F-U-R-Y. Who names? The, he was born, I believe, in 1946. Who in 1946 was naming their child child Fury. Have you ever even heard of that as a first name? Not as a first name. I've only heard of Nick Fury from the Marvel movies. Uh, and then my friend Song has a cat who is a, an all-black cat with one eye who we call Nick Furry. But <laughs> but Fury as a first name, I have not heard. Well, there you have it. Um, <laughs> as we've said before, the things you learn on Baseball by Design. Do, 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 do. I'm going to put that little NBC stinger in there. Dan, thank you so much. This is, uh, first of all, thank you for the the backstory on barnstorming as a term, because that's obviously important to this episode. This has been another fun one for the second week in a row. Uh, most of this recording has happened before the uh, the brand was unveiled. Now it's out there. And so this is uh, two weeks in a row that we've gotten sort of advanced looks at, at brands uh, that I got to cover for sportslogos.net. Thank you for filling in that backstory and go find Dan on Instagram at at studio underscore Simon. You've been posting more frequently. You got a huge reaction to your Lexington Legends brand that we covered last week. So uh, it's fun to see you posting out there on, on social media and uh, people calling you things like King and the best and, you know, old friends contacting you. It's fun to watch that. So go, go find Dan on Instagram and uh, Dan, we will see you next week. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>